committed to press on, reaching light, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory.
Hello. Hello. Good, good morning. 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 If we can ask, if no one's speaking, um, if you can put place your phone on mute. 
Good morning, everyone. This is Rochelle. Happy Friday. Al will be right with us. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Great morning. God morning. This Friday. Great morning. God morning. Great morning. Who is on the line this morning to join with us? Good morning. Sherry Richardson. Amen. All the time. God is good. Good morning. Great morning. God morning. Who else is on the line this Friday? Jerry. Good morning, Catherine Scott. Oh, I heard one. Another. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Great morning. God morning. Who else is on the line? Good morning. It's Prosperous Pam. Happy Friday, everyone. Good morning, Prosperous Pam. Happy Friday. God morning. Great morning. Love to hear your sound. Who else might be online this morning? Good morning, Good morning. 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 Welcome, welcome, Augusta, Georgia. Praise God. Good morning. Great morning. Who else may be on the line at this time? Good morning. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning everybody. Happy Friday. Okay, I heard a lot of voices. I have a prayer request, please. Okay. What is your name again, sister? Sylvia. Sylvia. Okay. And what's your prayer request? Uh, I like to request the prayer for my mother, Rosemary. She's not doing too well. Okay. All right. We're going to lift her up today. Praise God. Thank you, Ms. Sylvia. Thank you. Good morning. This is Brianna DeBacker. Um, I also have a prayer request this morning. Okay. Brianna. Yes, yes. ma'am. What is your request? Um, I have two. One is for um, Demetrius. He has uh, stage two bone cancer. Um, and, and he does not have a relationship um, with, with the Lord. And so um, just prayers to lift him up um, as the Lord shows the mercy. And also for my grandmother, Eunice Gully, um, for healing, please. Okay, what was the last one again? For my grandmother, her name is Eunice. Okay. For healing. Got it. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your Good morning, great morning. Who else is on the line? Elder Tony from Indianapolis. All right. Good morning, great morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Who else may be on the line at this time? Good morning, Ms. Krishanda. Happy Friday. Good, good morning, Krishanda. Happy Friday. God bless, great God bless. God bless. Who else is on the line? Lynn Parker from Buffalo, New York. All right. Thank you. Good morning, great morning. Way on the other side over there. Praise God. East to the west. Good morning. Great morning. God morning. <laughs> hey, good morning, Brother mind? Al. Welcome to Friday, y'all. Rejoice and be glad in this day. Love you, man. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Great morning. Who else may be on the line at this time? Good morning. I have a prayer request this morning, and I want prayer for my uh, daughter, Laquanda. Okay. What is your name? Because I heard two voices at once. Oh, Liberty. Liberty. Oh, Liberty. Yes, she's. Yes, sir. She's okay. uh, struggling with her identity. 
Okay, your name is Liberty, and, and you're requesting prayer for whom again? My daughter, Laquanda, L-A-Q-U-A-N-D-A. Okay, got it. All Thank right. You. Thank you, sister. Good right. morning. Good morning. It's Moxie. Happy Friday, everybody. Good morning, Moxie. Happy Friday. Praise God. Who else might be on the line? Praise God. Good morning, beloved Barb. Happy Friday. God bless everybody this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Great morning. Happy Friday. Who else might be on the line at this time? Hey, Brother Al. Good morning. It's Christina Joy. Good morning. Good morning. Great morning. Thank you for your your, your, your presence. Who else might be on the line at this time? Good morning. Good morning, Sherry Bretton from Colorado. All right, all right. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for those requests. Thank you for your presence. At this time, we are going to... Al, Al, good morning. Um, There was a a season... Hold on one second, Susie, please. There was a gentleman that was speaking this morning saying good morning. Can you say good morning again? Go ahead, sir. Desmond Gibbs. Desmond Gibbs from uh, Maryland. And say your name. Desmond Gibbs. Okay. How do how do you spell it? We just want to welcome you. Okay. D E S M O N D. Come on. Okay. Thank you. We just want to welcome you. Um, Thank you. I appreciate sorry, it. Sorry, Al. Yeah. No problem. No problem. No problem. Oh, hey, brother Michael. Uh, um, Susie's trying to say good morning. Sorry, Al. Didn't mean to interrupt you. I just didn't want to miss our ahead. speaker. All good right. Morning. Good morning. It's me. Um, can you please put me in your prayers? Um, I'm having a terrible, terrible time with my husband. Okay. Mrs. Susie, is that correct? Yes, yes it is. Oh. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Sister Susie and Bunchy Sister, I, I, I understand. We we just got to pray for our, our, our siblings. I got, we got you covered. Thank you. Okay. All right, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we are going to shift our gears, um, going to our next phase. And at this time, we want to ask everyone to please look at your phone, mute your phones, be respectful of all our other callers so that we can all hear and listen all all the information that's going to be presented at this time. So, again, look at your phone, check your phone, check, double check, triple check. Make sure your line is is uh on mute. Okay. At this time. <clears throat> All right. Hello, my name is Al and I am your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, and 9 a.m. Eastern Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to continue calling in. Join us for the month for the month of May, where we are <clears throat> focusing on our theme, deliverance. This month, the declaration will focus on how Christ is our deliverer, lives and gives us the ability to live victorious lives. Make sure you invite a friend so they can be blessed too. There is one announcement today. There is no Friday Night Live tonight with D.B. Felden, but stay tuned for the next day to join us. All right. Uh, prayer request from our online. 
I think that was one of our reasons. That was a beloved barber, and she was requesting for prayer for a stranger that she met, um, praying for Carol Milton, who was uh, hospitalized. So we just asked for healing for that individual. Uh, we also have folk requests um, this morning. Um, Sylvia, she's requesting prayer for her uh, mother's health. Uh, Rosemary, her mother, Rosemary, her health. Uh, we pray a uh, from uh, Sister Bri uh, Brianna. Uh, she's requesting uh, for her request for her grandmother uh, Eunice for healing. Um, uh, it's her son, uh, Demetrius, who has stage two cancer and his salvation. Uh, we also pray request for Liberty, a request for uh, LaGuanda, uh, her sister. So we pray for the relationship. All right. Okay, someone mute their phone, please. That's uh, so nice backbeat. Okay, we also have Susie, who also has a request for um, her sister, Susie, excuse me. Yes. This is uh, Susie's requesting for her relationship with her sister. Uh, this, Lord, we will not fix that relationship. And uh, again, that was, in my mind, I got interrupted. Uh, Liberty, she's requesting for a prayer for Laquanda. So just general prayer, so to be covered. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the time, again, I'm going to ask you to look at your phones. Please look at your phone. Make sure you're on mute. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All um, right, can I, can, can yes, I make a prayer request? This is Sunshine. Good morning. My good morning. son is on his way. Good morning. My son is leaving New York City, and he's driving back to North Carolina. I pray that and need prayers for my family that he gets there safely because he had a car accident coming up here, and he totaled his car. Ooh, Marcy. So, Mar he's, tra he's traveling from New York to Carolina, ma'am? Yes, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, thank you. Yes. All right, that last request was uh, for Sister Sunshine for traveling, mercy for her son, traveling from New York to Carolina, North Carolina. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, please, once again, look at your phones. Please mute your phones. We respect to our callers and the uh, rest of our uh, call. At this time, we're going to take the time and continue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, once again, uh, the order of this call is prayer and corporate phrase. Will be brought by Minister Field. The declaration will be brought by Apostle Kevin Bailey. Then we will go right into our closing comments hosted by the declarer. Once again, the order of this call is, is prayer and corporate phrase, and that will be brought by Minister Field. The declaration will be brought by Apostle Kevin Bailey. Then we will go right into the closing comments hosted by uh, our declarer. All right. Our scripture for the day is coming from Psalms 107, verse 6. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and delivered them from their distress. May the Lord add a rich blessing and a reading to the hearing <clears throat> and the doing of his word. At this time, we ask you to, again, put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. At this time, I currently pass the mic to the prayer warrior. Right. May the Lord had a rich blessing to reading and hearing this word. And God bless everyone. 
Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Ramasukendoro shikera nerotarunke tara parunde tierra. Father, right now we send your word. We establish your word right now. Psalms 107, verse 6. Lord, you said, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Lord, we decree today is a day where there will be an atmosphere to be delivered out of our distresses. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that every single area where there is distress, Lord, we pull it down now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we establish your word. We say, lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. Lord, we decree today the everlasting doors being lifted up and the King of glory coming in, coming in as the deliverer, to deliver out of their distresses in the name of Jesus. Lord, we command right now this atmosphere to be purged with the blood of Jesus. I loose the blood of Jesus over the doorpost. I loose the blood of Jesus over the gate. For you said, blessed are those that come at the gate waiting at the post of your doors. I loose the blood of Jesus over the atmosphere of this call and of the airwaves. Let the blood of Jesus purge this atmosphere now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray for every single voice that is spoken. Lord, I pray that you are grabbing the throats even now of every single demonic and counterfeit sound that would try to pollute these airways. We cancel it now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. For Lord God, you have put your foot on the neck of our enemies. And so we decree today is a day that that is being enforced as you are delivering us out of our distresses. I lose the sword of the spirit that is the word of God right now to cut and crush the heads of Leviathan and throw them in the waters. I bind the spirit of Orion that would try to block us from spiritual growth in the name of Jesus. And I lose the spirit of the Lord. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I cancel the assignment of religion in the name of Jesus. I bind it. And I pray right now, Lord, that you are taking the heads of religion and you are scattering them in the waters. According to Psalm 74, verse 13, that says, you divide the sea by your strength. You break the heads of the dragons in the waters. I pray right now, let every spirit of religion, let it fall to the ground. In the name of Jesus. Come on, when we pray in tongues, our tongues are going to be with intention this morning. Hallelujah. Our tongues are articulating the sound of the deliverer this morning. Come on, I want you to take your phones off mute. Hallelujah. And let us articulate the voice of the deliverer through our tongues. I'm <laughs> 
So I just pray, yo, y'all, y'all really, really, this, this is a treat. You know what I'm saying? This is a treat. This shows the favor of God that is not only Dion's, not only on Dion's life, but on you all's life as well. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, Apostle Bailey, I yield the call to you. All I say to you is my brother, look, man, be yourself. You ain't you ain't got to worry. You know you you really, you hood anyway. Just go ahead and just keep it real, man. All right? I'm going to yield the call. Uh, Apostle Kevin Bailey, everybody. All right. Kingdom blessings and greetings to everybody. Uh, our, uh, some of us are just uh, so deep that not even God can understand. And so... Uh, the reality is hopefully I can simplify this topic on deliverance and help you to break free from some of the bondages and deal with some of the um, illusions, uh, some of the things that are not really true concerning deliverance uh, ministry. Uh, where I learned it at is, is totally different than the U.S., but all the people in Africa say Americans need deliverance. All the people in America say the people in Africa need deliverance. I would tell you this. The, the reality is the witchcraft in the United States is the worst I've ever seen, and I've been into over 36, 37 different nations doing this ministry. And uh, the U.S. is the worst that I've ever seen. Just just let that sink in. I know they say, oh, my God, no, no way, Apostle. Africa's bad. South America's bad. Latin America, they, they're all bad. Uh, but the reality is that it's the worst that I've ever seen in the U.S. Uh, because the, the witchcraft is hidden, it's woven into education, religion, of course, and it's woven into our government. Uh, they just wear a dress or they wear a suit and tie. So it's many a times stealth or unrecognized. I'll just leave it at that. That's another topic for another time. I hope you brought your demons with you. It's okay to have your demons, but you can't leave without them. You're, you're not, you can't leave with them, okay? You have to leave without them today. Amen? And so uh, I'm going to dive uh, right into this. We're going to go to some scriptures here in a little bit. But I want to talk to you again. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that introduction, uh, Minister Philip and Sister Dion. Thank you so much for the great opportunity and declare victory. We're going to declare victory, and I'm going to define to you uh, the reason why we do the deliverance. And some uh, have, are skeptical about it. Uh, there is, it's, it's a messy, it could be a messy ministry, uh, and some are very skeptical about it. Hopefully, what I share with you today, from a biblical aspect and also from experience, that it will help you. And if you need the deliverance, you can get it, uh, of course, and uh, we'll answer any questions uh, that you may have uh, concerning this ministry. All right? And uh, we're going to go through some scriptures in just a second. But let me uh, quickly talk about my book. Uh, this book uh, I wrote uh, a couple years back. Well, I'm currently working on volume two. Uh, it's called Rediscovering Spiritual Warfare. Uh, signed copies are available at touchofthemasterhmi.org if you would like an autographed uh, copy. I think we have 45 or 50 of them. Uh, amen. 
but it's also available in Amazon, uh, Target, Walmart, Barnes and Nobles, okay? Uh, so you can get it from there. It's called Rediscovering Spiritual Warfare. Uh, Apostle Ivy Hopkins wrote the foreword uh, to it. And let me just give you uh, uh, just a book that I have. I read this book years ago, um, a recommended book for those that are just um, kind of embarking upon deliverance, have questions, don't understand it uh, fully, because the sad reality is that it's not embraced um, in many denominations or whatever type of church you go to. And some, uh, of course, that are even on this line today are struggling, uh, saying, well, I'm saved, I'm in Christ, but why do I have the same, same issues? Why do I still desire this? There's a process in becoming the new man. Salvation happens right when you make the confession and receive Jesus Christ. Your spirit is renewed. And we're going to talk about that as well, uh, because many misunderstand that. And I can let you know uh, that deliverance uh, by the grace of God is a part of salvation. By the grace of God, we will dive into that, and I will let you know uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Listen, your greatest helper in this ministry in trying to do it uh, is the Holy Spirit. That is your greatest aid um, in doing this ministry. And I'll talk about a few components that needs to be used when you embark upon this ministry. Some make it uh, seem spooky. Some uh, make people think that, it, it, you know, it takes this and that, and they complicate it. This is a simple uh, gospel uh, that we handle. It is very simple. And you can understand the gospel, amen? Uh, but what goes along with it, uh, you must understand too. And let me give you an example. Uh, if you have insurance, you don't really understand the magnitude of it uh, until something happens or you have an accident. Many believers, they're in Christ, they're saved, but they don't understand all the benefits. And they continue on walking with Christ, or some are new in Christ that have come to Christ, uh, but those same issues are there, uh, but some of them have in life have been injured, have been wounded, uh, have had accidents, not practically only, but spiritually. All right? When you come to Christ, uh, I'm sorry to have to be the one to inform you, because they say, come on to Jesus. That's what they tell you. Come on to Jesus like the newspaper guy to say, hey, get your free bread. They herald that paper sale, sale, sale. You know, with Christ, say, hey, come on to Jesus. Everything is going to be okay. But I need to inform you today that you did not join a denomination or particular name of a church, which you have joined as a war, and you're going to have to fight. That's bad news for some of you. But listen to me closely. We don't fight necessarily. When we do the deliverance or healing ministry, we don't fight uh, to get the victory. We fight because there was a victory that, is, that was won through the shed blood and through the death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So how can you as a disciple of Jesus not embrace or embark upon this ministry and give these benefits to one another? And so if he said in John 14 and 12, the greater works you, you should do 
because I have gone unto the Father. Who else is going to do what he told us to do? He has to use people. And authority has been given to you to do it. What I recommend to you is that you get free yourself. Many a times deliverance is not recommended. Sometimes we just join and we go uh, we go to what the denomination believes or what the church believes, but the talk about deliverance is uh, never addressed. And my question to you uh, today is when you came to Christ and you were at that altar, uh, did your height, your your weight, skin, or color, eyes, or hair change when you came to Christ? Now, if you've been in Christ for a long time, this natural body of sin ages. But did anything change when you came to Christ? Number one. Number two, um, did everything that you had done in life, it just went away? Now, you may have got some breakthrough in some areas of your life, but there are some areas of your character that still needs to be dealt with from the effects of what you did in the past and in the world. So say, oh, apostle, you hold this in the past. Yeah, no, I'm not. Let me just tell you this. There are two things you need to know about Satan. I'm just going to, there's more, but there are two things that Satan is. Well, I will say three. Number one, he's an accuser of the brethren. And if you look at Zechariah chapter 3 and 1 through 10, we, we don't have time to go there. You'll see he accused, he is accuser of the brethren. Also in the book of Revelation, I believe 12 and 10, he, you know, he's an accuser of the brethren, number one. Two, uh, so, and some will say, hey, you're giving the devil too much credit. Uh, oh, God is still working on me. He's still working on me. Uh, I uh, and some of us, to be honest, to be honest, because we are a house, um, it's some rooms that we have not let Jesus into. I want you to catch that. Let that sink in. You know how there's a room when you throw everything in and with neighbors or when uh, family or whatever come over, you close the door to it because you don't want them in that room because it's too messy. Some of us, we need to go into those rooms that you have, uh huh, where you got stuff piled up, cluttered. It's a picture of deliverance. It's a picture of needing deliverance. It's the rooms that Jesus wants into, some parts of you, some places in you that he wants into today. Number two. Not only is he accuser of the brother, but he is also a legalist. So he looks for things to hold against you. Maybe your ancestors do it. You're in a constant fight. Uh, there's an ancestral curse or something that's happened uh, uh, that's happening to you, and you don't understand why. There's uh, some desires that you have, and you don't understand why. There are some habits, some cycles that are happening with you and you don't understand why. It could be a generational curse. And guess what? Let me be honest with you. Some of these things you are responsible for. Just point to yourself and say, yep, yeah, me. Uh -huh. 
some of the things we have to take responsibility for. And listen to me closely. Anything that you don't face, you cannot get freedom from. Anything you don't face or confront, you cannot get the deliverance from it. There, there, there are roughly, let me finish. Let me go back over here. Satan is a legalist, accuser of the brethren, and he also is an opportunist. In the book of Luke chapter 4 and 13, the Bible says that Satan leaves for a season and that he comes back at the opportune time. So guess what? He'll leave you alone for a season. And so many, because, so with this, many confuse, uh, get the deliverance or abstinence from a behavior saying, I'm delivered. Listen to me closely. Abstinence or stop doing a particular behavior or habit doesn't mean you're delivered from it. You've just elected not to do it anymore. Are y'all there? And to believe that Satan doesn't exist, some, and the first thing they'll say, oh, you give Satan too much credit. Now, the word of God in 1 Peter 5 and 8 says that he's a roaring lion. He's a roaring lion. And he goes to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom he may devour or swallow up. He wants to swallow you up. He wants you dead. You're created in the likeness and image of God. He hates you. And to believe that he doesn't exist is to your own detriment. This is why we have many believers that are casualties today. They are casualties of war. And just because you think it's not a war doesn't mean that it's not one. Second Timothy chapter two, I believe, in three through five. You get a chance, go read it. I believe it's chapter two, three through five. It says, endure hardship. I don't think Paul would have been writing this letter to Timothy. It's first or second Timothy, chapter two and three through five. I don't think he would have said, endure hardship. You have been enlisted as a soldier of Jesus Christ. The Bible doesn't record that you've been connected to a denomination. So if you're a soldier, you have to be trained to fight. And in many places, you're not trained to fight. They're not going to enlist you into the military and not train you how to fight. So why do you enlist to join the church, but you don't know how to fight and there's actually a war happening? There's a real enemy. Guess what? That you can't see. And it's by faith that you tap into this rim to do the deliverance, to do the healing, to fight, to do it, to engage in spiritual warfare. Now, you have to have a good balance. You don't fight all the time. Sometimes there's rest. David had 40 years of rest after he did the warfare and fought, 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 fought. Sometimes there's a time of rest, but there's a time of war too. 
And Exodus 14 and 14, he would have said that he is the God of war and that he fights for us. If he's in war, then why aren't you? And you don't have a chance to win unless you fight. Oh, that's too much, Apostle. Uh, Why do you got to do all of this? Uh, That's too much. Just let me be saved and let me live my life like many of us. We're living our lives looking for release. We're looking for relief, but not deliverance. And we are going to the witch doctor. We are going to herbalists. We are going to various patients looking for relief. When you should be able to get the relief, not the relief, but the deliverance from the church. You don't need relief. You need deliverance. Some will say, hey, pray for me. No, you don't need prayer. You need deliverance from the molestation of demons. All right. In Ephesians chapter two, we're gonna go over here uh real quick. Just go to Ephesians chapter two real quick. Put your finger in there. Uh but I'm let me share this too. There's there's about four major problems in the world today. And I'm gonna tell you, it's it's not the president, politics, the government, some things that they are legislating, yes, they affect us, and so you have to fight. And I won't go into that, but the one of the biggest problems in the world is just not sin. One of the biggest problems that we have as believers in the world is ignorance. Number one, ignorance, lack of knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. They are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They have no knowledge about deliverance. They have no understanding. But Ignorance. Number two, besides sin, fear. Fear. Fear of the unknown. And what fear does is cripple faith, of course. It cripples your faith. Number three, skepticism, intellectualism. Some may say, I've had deliverance, I've had the ministry, I thought, uh, well, I don't understand. I don't understand, so it's not. And many leaders and many people today, if they don't understand this ministry, they say it's witchcraft. And I'm going to show you in the scriptures in just a second what they said and did to Jesus because he was doing this ministry. And guess what? Some think also, some think that you have to have a title to do this ministry. But the word of God in Mark 16 and 17 says, for those who believe, not for those who are an apostle, those who are a pastor, those who are a preacher, a prophet. It said for those who believe. So guess what? It is your responsibility as a believer to do the ministry. It, in Mark 16, 17, it says, for those who believe, they shall what? Cast out demons in my name, speak in new tongues, and lay hands, uh, if they eat or drink anything deadly, it won't harm them, but they shall lay hands on the sick. Those are requirements of being a believer. You ought to be able to lay hands on the sick. You ought to be able to cast a demon out. Well, I don't know what to do, apostle. I don't know. 
and speak in tongues. You can't just be tongue talking because I've cast many devils out of tongue talkers. 99.9% of the people that we pray for and do deliverance on, they're believers. Love Jesus, tongue talking, blood washed. And I'm going to give you some examples today in the scriptures to let you see that and, and, and share the difference with you that demons, um, that, that Christians can be influenced but not possessed. Let's go to Ephesians and, and let's look at this. All right? Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter uh, 2. Let's look at this. And we're going to go to the book of Mark 2. Give me just a second. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. And I want somebody, you know, you don't have to answer this. Uh, were you born in Christ or were you born and shaped in iniquity? <clears throat> that may be explained why you could need deliverance. The Bible says in Psalm 51 that you are born and shaped in iniquity, twisted. Some don't understand iniquity. Some don't understand transgression. Transgression is violating the standard of God, flat-out revenge, for assumption sin. They don't understand that. Premeditated sin, planning to sin. Sin means rebellion. Transgression is violating the standard of God. Iniquity is twisted or perverted thinking or ways. Let's read this in Ephesians chapter 2. I hope I'm not going too fast. Amen. It says, in you, he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins. Have you always been in Christ? You always been saved? Y'all see this? Look at this. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. In which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Y'all see that? Uh-huh. See that? Y'all catch that later. Let that sink in. This is why I asked the question, did anything change about your height, weight, your ethnicity, background when you came to Christ? Your spirit man is regenerated. The Holy Spirit has moved in. He's within you. You confess and give your heart to the to Jesus, but these appetites are still there. Why are they still there? Well, we know it's the old man. What is done with the old man? Let me ask you a question. If somebody trespasses in your house or in your house, uh, do you try to get them out? 
they break into your house. And well, it's a different, but, but Satan is a thief. He's the father of lies. He's several other things, not besides an accuser. But if he breaks into your house, are you going to try to put, naturally, if someone breaks into your house, are you going to call the police and then address it or try to get them out? Are you going to hide or be scared? Some believers, they hope that the thief goes away. They hope that he would just, okay, he broke in. All right, get everything you want. And, hey, they hope that he leaves, he gets out. Some of us are in that state. And I'm telling you, you're in delusion. And Jesus would have never commanded us to do this ministry. All believers are responsible for doing this ministry. Listen to me closely. Deliverance is the children's bread. So if it is the bread, let me share this with you. Bread is a staple food in most countries. Uh, well, Apostle, what do you mean? A staple food, what do you mean? It's a principal food that's usually served with every meal. And somebody said, well, you know, well, why? Because it fills you up. The deliverance fills you up, but it also empties you out. Will you expel the thief from your house? I want y'all to let that sink in. The bread fills you up. It should be a staple food. It's a primary food that is served with every meal. So guess what? Deliverance ministry shall be served every time you come together. Just like the other ministries, it should be done. Pastoral care ministry, children ministry, youth, or however your church is set up. You may have a prophetic team, apostolic team. We're going to prophesy. We're going to, uh, okay, we're going to believe you to be healed. Uh, whatever it is. But along with all the other ministries in your church, deliverance should be done as well as the other ministries. I don't know where we get this nonsense where we can pick and choose what we want to do. You can't. Some say, well, God ain't calling me to that. Are you a believer? Were you called to cast demons out? You've been commanded to. Well, well, I don't know nothing about it. Listen to me closely. If you don't know what to do, then you need to call somebody in that knows what to do, that can train you, that can help you, and get it set up in your various ministries or church. But sometimes pride keeps many for acknowledging that they're wrong. That brings me to this point that something is wrong. The only way to get freedom, number one, acknowledging it's a problem. 
You can't be delivered from something you don't acknowledge, number one. Number two, you can't be delivered from something you lie about, from lies. We can't deliver you from lies. We can deliver you from a lying spirit, but we can't deliver you from something you lie about. And number three, because you have first free will, you have to give the Holy Spirit access. Because he is the one who is the person that is going to do this ministry through you. Because he's the spirit of truth, your helper, advocate, comforter, or what we call a paraclete. He is the agent of change that helps bring transformation in you. Some of us, we will, and let me share this too. Let me make this clear. Everything is not the devil. Some of you oh, I ate too much. The devil made me do it. No, you decided to eat too much. I went over here and did this fornication, and I did this or did that, or I'm drinking, I'm smoking cigarettes. Look, you have free will. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He prompted you, say, hey, don't do it, but you did it anyway. It's rebellion. Sin means rebellion. And the reality is some of us have to make better decisions and take accountability for our actions. And one of the key things is possessing self-control. Do you know self-control? Okay, let me go. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Let me show this to you. It's, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 and 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Just say, ouch. Are you being rude and led by the Holy Spirit or yourself? Who's really leading you? We can no longer make excuses. And you can't blame everything on the devil. I know some of us is on the phone now. We're comfortable with them devils because we have loneliness, despair, rejection, or we have came to Christ and uh, the, the biggest struggle for some is they don't want to come to Christ because they know it's a moral Jesus that we serve and that you have to change. So some are comfortable with the demons. They don't want to change. And I'm telling you, you're headed for devastation. Travesty after travesty if you're not willing to change. But we must get better at self-control and possessing our vessels with holiness, walking and living in righteousness, actually living something. That's a whole nother story. The reality is 
We don't focus on the enemy all day. And everything is not the devil. Uh, Just point to yourself. The reality is some of the things is us. Some of the things come from how we've been raised. Some of the things come from what the world has offered us prior to coming to Christ. And guess what? You have to change. It's the old man. You have been made alive in Christ. You have been made alive in Christ. There must be change. Well, uh, and if you've been baptized, then the reality is that that's the symbolism of a funeral that has been had of the old man. So why you keep running back to those old ways, those old things? But because you're supposed to be a new man, a new woman, according to the the scripture, you're supposed to walk in the light. The word of God declares in Ephesians 5, in 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 the verse eight, uh, well, I'm going to read verse one. It says, "Therefore, be imitators as God, as dear children, walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given Himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet, sweet smelling aroma." You can actually read this whole chapter. It talks about fornication, coarse jesting, filthiness. Uh, you know. it's loaded. But I'm going to just pull a few things out. In verse 8, it says, For you once walked in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Amen. So it's the old man that has those cravings, those appetites. Let me read up one other scripture, Philippians 3 and 19. Philippians 3, 19. Here's the the effects of what can happen. And we're going to be a few different places uh, today. But we're talking about those appetites. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 19. Look what it says. Well, let me read verse 17. It says, uh, Philippians 3 verse 17. Brethren, join in and follow in my example and note those who, who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Let me read that again. Brethren, join us in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk among whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ 
whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, these represents appetites, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Amen. Let's go to the Gospels. Amen. Some may be challenged. I'm going to go to Mark chapter 1 and what I am saying to you. But guess what? It's for your own good. You can't keep living this life uh, for Christ. Mark chapter 1, and uh, just put your finger in there in verse 21. And we're going to read that in a little bit. But let me share a couple things real quick and what the enemy does uh, to us, to believers. Let me share this with you. There are about, what is it, seven, eight? I have about eight things that the enemy attacks us with. Number one. Uh, he brings lethargy, tiredness, or cycles of infirmity or sickness. Number one. Number two. He entices us to do evil through words. So guess what? He is a disembodied spirit or a being. Because human beings, they speak words. Let that sink in. He entices us to do evil. Number three, he brings deception. And he always presents deception as innocent. Witchcraft, superstitions, Involvement in cults, he presents us as innocent and to help. And many a times they, they cater to natural needs that you may have. In need of a place, in need of food, in need of clothes, in need of something. They gravitate to that and bring deception. Number one, they make people sick with infirmities, these cycles of sickness, Lethargy, sleepiness, you try to read the Bible, you're falling asleep. Try to worship, you get tired, sleepy. Okay. We talked about the deception. First Timothy 4 and 4, they bring destructive doctors, doctors of demons. They entice us to do evil through words that, of course, will correlate to actions. Four, they harass us. They harass us. They get us to a boiling point, manifesting anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. They harass us through thoughts, 
things that they drop in our spirits. Now listen to me closely. Satan can't read your mind. He didn't create you. What he does is deposit thoughts, but you don't have to act on them. Let that sink in. Five, he torments us. God doesn't love you. You're not really saved. Are you really in Christ? He always challenges your identity. He did this in Luke chapter 4. He came to tempt Jesus. You're no exception. But Jesus spoke the word of God every time he did in Luke chapter 4, 1 through 13. Remember in there, he's telling him, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. He always challenges your identity in Christ. Uh, you, you don't have any authority. You can't do anything. He doesn't love you. Are you really saved? How do you know you're not really saved? Six, he compels you to make you do things you don't want to do. Romans chapter 7, 15 through 17, Paul talked about the things that he wanna, uh, the, he, the things that he did want to do, he did, and the things he wanted to do, he couldn't do. He talked about the fight, the challenge, doing the things he didn't want to do. It brings shame, guilt, condemnation to many of us. Seven, he brings enslavement enslavement to addictions, food, alcohol, drugs, money, caffeine, enslavement. You know, like some of us, we got the I can't help it. And if you look closely in the bloodline, it's probably what's going on in your family for years. It's just a curse. Let me finish. Then he defiles our our thoughts. He 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 hinders us by magnification and imagery. So if there's a problem, Satan magnifies it. He makes you think that it's worse than what it really is. And said, "Oh, I got you now. You'll never recover." Or he brings images to you. He goes by what you see. But in Christ, you walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Second Corinthians 10 and 2 through 5. Okay. Now, as we embark upon deliverance, let me just share with you, there's just a few things that I want to share with you. So some are saying, well, how? How, apostle, how can I do this? Number one, number one. Number one, how do I embark upon this? Guess what? Through experience. Now, don't be like me. When the God was prompting me, the Holy Spirit was prompting me, I took off running because the guy started growling. Ah, ah! I said, oh, my God, come in. What to leave? I'm out of here. That was over 20 years ago. And many a times what we don't want to do, know what to do, fear would try to grip us. Your key aid and helper is the Holy Spirit. 
Number one, experience. You actually have to embark upon this ministry. And some think it because they've been given those three points, those seven points, how to stay married, how to get a wife, how to do this. You know, every week they actually think it's a formula to doing this ministry. And listen, it's not. And I'm going to show it to your scripture because, listen, some complained about other people doing the ministry. The disciples did. They tried to make it a denomination, <laughs> an empire instead of a movement. This is where many are stuck today. They take one thing that they believe in, form a denomination. Are you there? Y'all there? Keep your hand in Mark chapter one, we're gonna get there. But let me show you this, and some think that it's only certain people that can do this ministry. And it's not true. The disciples complained. Let's look at Mark chapter, let's look at Luke. Let's look at Luke chapter nine. Luke chapter nine, keep your hand in to Mark chapter one. I'm gonna drive it home and we'll close in a second. I got a few other things to share. Y'all stay with me, all right? Some might be already yawning and manifesting. I don't know. Amen. I haven't even got to symptoms yet, but I did give some of the ways that Satan attacks us. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 49, it says, Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. And we forbade him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. If they're casting out demons in Jesus' name, then they're with you. Some try to put a formula with it. And deliverance is changing year by year. You have to impose different techniques. Satan might package something uh, the same thing, but he packages a different way. Why do you think that you don't have to change some of the techniques and strategies? Now, let me go back to this. So listen, the bottom line is that even if they're casting out demons, salute them, cheer them on. They're on your team. They're with you. It ain't a certain denomination or clique or because uh, we got them demons too that should be doing this ministry. All believers should be doing it. All right? Number one, I talked about the experience. You need experience. I'll just say this to you. Just do it. Just do it. Number two, uh, you need teaching and training. So guess what? Uh, you need teaching. You need training. But you also need, number three, you need a place where you can apply the skill from the knowledge that you will learn. So there are three things that you will need, well, four. One of them is experience, number one. Number two, teaching and knowledge. Number three, a place where, or a church where you can apply the skill that you have learned. Number four, faith. 
And that should be number one. That's your greatest component. You you do the deliverance with faith and technique and skill. Faith, technique, and skill. I've got some of you now shaking and so oh man. Oh apostle, not me. You do it with faith, skill, and technique, bottom line. Okay? Now, y'all stay with me. We're going to get there. But all believers should embrace and do this ministry. And guess what? Hopefully what I'm sharing with you is crushing the excuses that we make daily. And if you don't know, admit you don't know, but get some training, get some teaching, acquire knowledge, and then go apply what you are learning. Read books. I told you about that book, Invicting Invicting Demonic Intruders by Noel and Phil Gibson. I read that book maybe 15 years ago. It impacted me tremendously. Evicting Demonic Intruders. By Noel and Phil Gibson. Phil is spelled P-H-Y-L. Noel and Phil Gibson. Evicting Demonic Intruders. It's a good book for the believer that is starting and getting familiar with deliverance ministry. This is not new. It should be done, as I said, along with the other ministries. Are y'all there? Okay. Let me, let's look at a couple instances, because some are saying, well, apostle, you know, how can the believer have demons? Let's go to Mark chapter 1, and we're going to talk about that uh, first. How? I'm a believer. And they go to that same scripture in 1 Corinthians 6, 15 to 20. Uh, I got the Holy Spirit. There's no way I can... Have that. That's that's uh, uh, shared out of context, and it's talking about fornication. And when you do fornication, are you sinning against the body? Some of them say, "Oh, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm bought and paid for with the price." That don't mean that you can't be invaded or attacked with demonic intruders. And some refuse to do the ministry because they said, "Oh." Those demons can get on me. You will find nothing in Scripture that says that those demons can get on you if they are driven out. According to Luke eleven twenty four through twenty six, they are uh, they go to a dry place seeking inhabitants. Now, if you don't keep your house clean, they'll be back seven times worse. Many a times, this is not shared with the believers. You have to maintain deliverance. It should be a lifestyle. You put oil and gas in your car, don't you? If you don't, if you don't, it's going to sooner or later break down. You don't service it, it's going to break down. You don't service your body with the deliverance. Deliverance changes the oils, and sometimes you may have to rotate your tires or get them get them checked out to make sure they're not light on air and the car is not leaning. Or you need them balanced because it's shaking when you get up to a certain amount of speed because you got 
the weight is not balanced out, but it's because you got too many demons. You need something casted out. You need something balanced. <laughs> you need to all change. Uh, maybe you've let it sit for a while. You haven't started it in a while. So we haven't prayed in a while. We haven't fasted in a while. We haven't read scripture. We haven't worshiped. We haven't praised God. Those things help you maintain the deliverance. Sometimes it's getting rid of old friends, not going to old places or things. Amen. All right, Mark chapter one, and then we're gonna I'm gonna share a few scriptures. Uh Sister Dia, how much time I got? I mean, yeah, I'm 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 digging into this thing. Well, oh my gosh, time goes fast. Well, the enemy would never want you to tell me to uh, want me to tell you what I'm telling you, but amen. Okay, well, you just let me know. Uh, but let's look at this in Mark chapter one and verse twenty-one. Let's look at this, Mark chapter one. I know, I know, I've been saying, put your thumb in it. Amen. Mark chapter 1 and 21, it says then, okay, all right, praise God, Sister Dion, okay, the midwife, the prophetess, okay, all right, let's go. It says, then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as scribes. So listen. Jesus did not teach them from a religious aspect or what he just wanted them to know. And many of us are bound by the religious spirit. They teach what they know, but people don't care really what you know unless they know you care. And listen, deliverance ministry, listen to me closely, it is a miracle ministry. It's a ministry of compassion. Number two, it's a ministry of compassion. Yes. It is a ministry of compassion. It's a miracle ministry. Besides salvation, it's a miracle when you embark upon this ministry. It's a kingdom ministry. That's why many won't embark upon it. It could get messy. But listen. Don't when you do this ministry too, don't look for uh yelling, screaming, crying. Make sure they delivered. They may throw up. Don't look for manifestations. Make sure the person gets delivered. All right? When they talk about authority, I looked this up in the American Heritage Dictionary about authority. Listen, this authority that Jesus is talking about, it says the right and power to enforce laws, exact obedience, command, determine, or judge, or authorize to do a particular service. Let me read that to you again. Authority. Authority. The right and power to enforce laws. I would say to enforce laws of the kingdom. To enforce laws, exact obedience, command, determine, or judge, or authorize 
to do a particular service. Jesus taught us one with authority, not as the scribes would teach. The letter, the letter, the letter of the law, that's it. The do's, the don'ts, law, 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 do's, don'ts, no kingdom, no authority. And it says, now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us alone. What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Does Satan know who you are? When you come on a scene, I won't take the time to tell that story. I was in the store one time. Well, let me take a few. I'm just going to tell you all briefly. I was in a store one time, and so I'm up and down the aisle, but I noticed this black spot, but I, I thought it was like a shadow of black spot or whatever, but it was actually a person. So the guy runs up to me and says, he runs up to me, it says, uh, I'm a vampire. I'm here to drink your blood. I said, it's the blood of Jesus. You will die. He said, shut up saying that. And he had nails and fangs, and uh, he was just looking all crazy. Got the care, black, black uh, liner or whatever on. And I said, I call the rebuke of the Lord to every vampire and gothic spirit that's operating in you by the authority of Jesus Christ. He said, oh, no, he took off running. And listen, you don't have to go into places looking under the carpet, looking for people, looking for demons. Listen, like they did with Jesus when he came on the scene, they knew who he was. He said, hey, G, did you come to destroy us? They should know that you're a believer and that you will exercise your authority that is given through Christ. They should know who you are. Let's continue reading. But Jesus rebuked them, saying, be quiet and come out of them. Would any of you say that? Be quiet and come out of them. Because if that guy had a kept on, I didn't want to tell you all that happened. I would have just went to work. We was inside a store. He was over by a bathroom part area. I probably would have drug him in that bathroom and said, hey, get over this sink and let's go. All of you devils, come on out of them. Okay? Amen. And then offer him salvation. Amen. But Jesus said in verse 26, but when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, what is this? What new doctrine is this? See, Many places can only see a doctrine. A doctrine is just the process of arriving at a truth. Just preach and teach, and some of them say, hey, there are no demons here. You haven't uh, discussed or taught nothing or taught them deliverance. That's why they're not manifesting. They're there, and they're in your belief. Oh, no. I remember I was invited somewhere. This is Sister Susie. Oh, she's our intercessor. <laughs> she's this, she's that, she's great. The pastor looks over. So I get, I just come to the pulpit. I hadn't even really said that yet. She runs to the altar, growling. You know, that's how the devil would do. He'll show his butt. 
and they are looking at me, but this is your intercessor of the church. And she said, shut up. I don't want to hear what you say. I said, lying spirit, come out of her. She fell out. I came down off of the pulpit and went to work. The pastor told me I can't come back anymore. He didn't know Sister Susie was full of demons. She's our intercessor, you ambassador. Listen, Jesus also did this ministry publicly. He did it within the synagogue. He did it where there were believers in the church. He did it publicly. We do do private sessions. But when Jesus was preaching, he did it publicly. And they were saying, well, what a... And with authority, he commands that even the unclean spirits, they obey him. And immediately, the Bible says his fame spread. And do you know you don't have to look for the devil? When you start casting them out, they're going to be looking for you. They're going to be reaching out for you. The Bible says here, now as soon as they had come out, Peter's mother-in-law is healed of uh, the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John, but Simon's wife. Mother, this is in verse 30, lay sick with fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left us. Some of us can't even make a headache leave. Some of us can't make a fever leave, a headache. And if you've been in any part of the world or in Africa, you better be able to make typhoid, uh, scarlet fever, red fever, uh, uh, malaria. You better be able to make it leave the effects of it. Some of us can't even, uh, let alone cast the fly out, some of us will hide under the pews if the devil starts manifesting. Because some of you are saying, oh, it's no devil here. They all right. You bring somebody in that will exercise their authority and operate in a authentic anointing, you're going to be surprised to some of the people. I'll just leave that there. Amen. The Bible says that at evening when the sun is set, in verse 32, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And that brings me to my next topic uh, about possession. Now, listen to me closely. The believer, let me give you some uh, scriptures too. I'm going to give you some uh, resources in the concordance, the Strong's concordance, um, G1139 and G1142. There's a word in the King James Version that means demonazime, uh, 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 okay? Demonazime, uh, or nazai, however you want to put it. Let me spell it. It's D-A-I-M-O-N-I-Z-O. M-A-I. All right? But this means to be exercised by a demon or have a demon or be vexed by a demon. This word comes from the Greek daemon, which means an evil spirit and comes from the root word, which means a shadow. Now, the Western definition of possession is something owned or possessed. A believer that has had his soul regenerated through Christ and in Christ cannot be. 
but they can be attacked, vexed, and influenced by demons. Okay? Are y'all there? Are y'all there? Okay. Amen. And let me share this. In the book of um, Mark chapter 7 and 29, um, and I'm going to talk about this too, and this is very important uh, as far as deliverance ministry, but I want to talk about this. The Seraphonician woman in Mark chapter 7, 29, but actually 27 and 29. Well, let's go there. Let's go there quickly, and then I'll go back over there to Mark. Uh, chapter uh, one. Let's go there. Mark chapter seven and verse 27. Mark chapter seven and verse 27. Y'all stay with me. Jesus said uh, to them in verse 27. Now the Seraphonisha by birth, she had kept asking him to cast the demons out of her daughter. This is in verse 26. Okay. But in verse 27, Jesus said to her, this is Mark chapter 7 and 27. Listen to me closely. Let the children be filled first. Who are the children? You. You're engrafted in by faith. Amen. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. The little dogs refer to evil workers, non-believers, and those that are not in Christ. And he answered and said to him, yes, Lord. Yet even little dogs under the table eat from the crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, no, your daughter, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. Now listen to me closely. All right. The, the woman diagnosed the child as having an evil spirit. Okay. Yes. Jesus spoke the word and instantly healed her, but listen to me closely. Um, when we look at this, Jesus, the woman said, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. That's what the, if you read it in the King James Version, this is what it says. But what that means is cruelly harassed by a demon. In the Weymouth translation, it means cruelly harassed by a demon. I just gave y'all the eight ways that demons attack and harass us, okay? All right, that's in the Weymouth translation. Also, it means to be seriously afflicted with insanity. That's, uh, so it also means this word, write this word down, LAMSA, L-A-M-S-A. This means in a terrible state, or a devil has got into her. That is in the Phillips translation. So Jesus didn't challenge the mother's conclusion that the child was demonized. So the believer cannot be possessed, but they can be demonized. Demonized means being under the influence, being vexed by the devil, under influence of devils, being harassed by devils. And we're going to go to some scripture, other scriptures in a minute. So some said, uh, tried to say that uh, th this was a superstition. But Jesus didn't play games with words. Listen to me closely. There are two ways to determine the presence and activities of demons. This for myself. 
is what I've learned. According to 1 Corinthians 12 and 10, write that down, but discernment and detection. Discernment and detection. Discernment is the supernatural. Remember I told you you need the Holy Spirit to help you. Of the gifting of the Holy Spirit. The ability to distinguish between spirits. Detection, listen to me closely, is derived from a Latin word for discover. Detective comes from the same root word. So a detective is one who examines the evidence and discovers the truth. As a believer, you have to examine the evidence, symptoms. In most cases, I call them symptoms. Like when you go to the doctor, they ask you what the symptoms are. They can't treat you unless you tell them the symptoms. They'll run some tests. It's the same way when you get a spiritual checkup. You have to tell them the symptoms. I'm being attacked in a dream at night. I'm struggling with lust and perversion. I'm viewing pornography. I'm masturbating. I'm desiring alcohol. I'm craving alcohol. I'm craving tobacco. I'm craving drugs. These are all symptoms. So the two ways that you determine the presence and activity as demons is through discernment and detection. Okay? All right. Let's look at this. Now, some will say, well, can Christians, oh, my God, where is the time going? We're going to go back over there to Mark in a minute. Uh, but let me, let me give you all these scriptures. I want you all to look at these and to, to prove, because some will say, oh, apostle, this is too much. How can a Christian be influenced? I have the Holy Spirit. How can a Holy Spirit? They're going to say to you, the Holy Spirit and demons can't be in one place. My question to you is, did the demons, is there anywhere in Scripture when you came to Christ, the demons automatically left? Your behaviors are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. But now the effects of them have to be dealt with through deliverance. All right, let me give you out some scriptures. Well, there's no way the believer cannot have them. First Chronicles, First Chronicles, First Chronicles. Are y'all there? <laughs> Only the devil is mad. I love it. First Chronicles. The devil is mad at some of you. He would never want you to know this. All right, let's go. And who cares if he's mad? First Chronicles 21. Let's look at this. And verse 1 and 2. First Chronicles 21 and 1 and 2. First Chronicles 21 and 1 and 2. Guess what? Look what it says. Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved and moved. Y'all see this? First Chronicles 21 and 1. Move David to number Israel. So that David said to Joab and the leaders of the people, go to number Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. Yeah, the trouble with some of us is we so busy counting members instead of making members count. But the problem and moral of this story is Jesus was, uh, David, this is the prophet of God. How could he be moved by the devil? Are you sick? He's a prophet of God, a worshiper, wrote the book of Psalms, and a hymnal book. What? He was moved by Satan. He was under the influence. 
by Satan. Y'all see this? Because he wanted David to trust in the military because Joab was his commander, his captain. David moved the trust into the military instead of God. Y'all see that? Uh-huh. Oh, the prophet David couldn't be moved. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. Let me give you all these examples quickly. Matthew chapter 16. Let's look at verse 21. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. I'm going to try to go quickly, and we're going to go back over to Mark, and we're going to work it out. Uh, hopefully, God is really uh, blessing you and giving you insight and revelation. And we'll do questions and answer, and then we will uh, pray in just a second, but stay with me. Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. I don't want to tire you out, but y'all, you need to know this as a believer. Matthew chapter 16, because the question that, that we pose here, well, that many a times is asked to me, well, how can a Christian have demons? How can they be influenced by demons when they have the Holy Spirit? Okay, let's read. In verse 21, it says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. All right? Then Peter took him aside. This is Peter the apostle. This is who the church was built on. And began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that this should happen to you. Do you know if he had to went to Jerusalem and if he had to went to that cross, we would not have that forgiveness and partners of sin. We would not have the death, the burial, the resurrection. There will be no hope for us. Look what he tells Peter. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Y'all see this? We're not talking about possession. I, I defined the demonize to you, uh, or demon, or demonize, is what the believer is. It means under the influence of demons, being vexed by demons. And I'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, we'll talk about uh, that. We'll go to Philippians chapter 2, and we'll talk about that before we close. Y'all see this? Okay, let's go to Luke chapter 22. I'm in the Gospels. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Let's go over here. Amen. Luke chapter 22. Now, this is the plot to kill Jesus in this whole text. But let me tell you how this starts in verse uh, 2. Well, it, this is at the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It drew near which is called Passover. This is a time of deliverance, a Passover. This was a Passover deliverance, and look what happens. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan, y'all see this? Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Escrit, who was numbered among the, uh, numbered among the, tw what? The, the twelve? Hold on a minute. He was a disciple, and then Jesus prays all night in Luke 6 and 13 and makes him an apostle. What? He's an influence by, it says, then Satan entered Judas, 
surnamed Escrit, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And Satan is a betrayer. Y'all see this? He's manifesting the behavior of Satan. He's been influenced by demons. Y'all see this? Oh, I know some of you don't want to look, Apostle. This is a bit much, okay. Let's go to John chapter 13. John writes a similar account of this. John chapter 13. He writes a similar account. It says, now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew, Jesus knew, this is in verse 1, that his hour had come that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas. Now, this particular word, heart here, means it's connected to mind, will, and emotion. That's how Satan afflicts us. That's how he affects us. Mind, will, and emotions. First Thessalonians 5 and 23, he says in that closing uh, greeting that we should be whole. First Thessalonians 5 and 23 in what? Mind, body, and spirit. That word whole means as though nothing has ever happened. Nothing was ever wrong. But he addresses the three-part man of a person. Body, mind, and spirit. Go look at it. All right? But look what he says. The devil uh, uh, put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Y'all see this? Hmm. Hold on a minute. John is writing this account. John, the apostle, is writing this account of what happened. Peter is in the church of Acts. Let's look at this. Uh, I know some of y'all are very challenged by it. Go look at that and study it. All right. And so uh, the mind, will, and emotions of the person is being controlled or influenced by demons. That word in their heart. Just go look at it. Amen. In Acts chapter 5, all right, it says in verse, let's look at uh, verse uh, 3. Well, let's read verse 1 and 2. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira's wife sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter, this is Peter the apostle, said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back a part of the price of the land for yourself? Y'all see this? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Amen. Y'all see that? Uh-huh. Let's go back to the the book. Uh, let me see if I got any other points in here. So listen, and, and listen, um, in James 2 and 19, even the devils believe that there is one God. And believe in God. The demons do. Are y'all there? So why wouldn't you believe that a, a believer, because most of the time when I've done this ministry, the person, they love Jesus, but bound. 
in certain areas of their lives. All right, let's look at Mark again. Let me finish this up. But what I want to share with you is Jesus did this ministry publicly. Mark chapter 1 again. Mark chapter 1. Remember we talked about the bread. The bread is what? A staple food, and it fills us up. The bread of delivery should fill us up, and it should empty us out. I can go on and on. And the book of Ruth, chapter 1, I believe is verse 4 or verse 6. Listen, when she brings Naomi and those women out, the first thing she gives them is bread. Let that sink in. Ruth, chapter 1, just go look at it. The first thing she gives them is the bread. Let that sink in. Mark chapter 1. And what does the bread do? It is a staple food. It's served with every meal because it fills us up. The deliverance, again, should be served. It should be done in the body of Christ and served every time you come together because it fills us up and it empties us out. I don't eat too much bread because you have, you have sugar, diabetes, and then we have to pray for you to be healed. <laughs> I'm talking about the bread of deliverance. All right, let's look at this. Verse 32, at evening when the sun is set, they brought him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. He did not allow the demons to speak because they knew them. Now, some interrogate and some talk to the demons, okay? If you want to, that's fine. But myself, myself, I'm not going I'm not going to um, talk to the demons because if the demons are the father of lies, now some may view this differently. If they're the father of lies, are they going to tell you the truth? You ask them who they are. Who are you? Now, Jesus identified some spirits by name. Deaf and dumb spirit, come out of the man. And he said, I charge thee in Mark chapter 9 and 25, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Unclean spirit is mentioned 22 times, okay? Now listen to me closely. Jesus was doing this ministry in the sanctuary. But let me interject this in the synagogue. Let me interject, let me interject this, though. Sometimes, but the Bible says, he wouldn't let them speak. Y'all see the end of that? I just read it to you. Now, sometimes I tell them to shut up and just get out. Okay? Some of us are moving various ways. But if he's the father of lies, will he tell you the truth? If he's a betrayer, accuser, a thief? Because usually those who are steal will lie too. Can you really trust him? Let that sink in. Now, listen, if I call any of you by your name, you're going to respond. Listen to me closely. Sometimes you have to call a demon by his name, listen to me closely, to identify the function of the demon 
so that you take the legal right away. Because when you call them by their name, they respond. It identifies the function and what they are doing. He said, deaf and dumb spirit, come out. Or I charge thee, you unclean spirit, come out of them. He convulsed. They thought he was dead. That's happened to me a lot. They think the people are dead. They throw up real bad convulsed. But the main thing is we got to work with them and get them delivered. Remember, manifestation doesn't mean deliverance, okay? Are y'all there? (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. It's so much, amen, that I can share with you. Sometimes in Luke chapter 13 and verse 11, Jesus said, spirit of infirmity, come out of this woman. He identified infirmity and said, come out. Sometimes you have to. You have to be, I'll just say, be directed by the Holy Spirit. Remember, it's, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, comforter, your aid, counselor, teacher. Remember, and when you are embarking upon this ministry, you're going to exercise skill technique, and your faith, along with authority, because listen to me closely. I'm going to just paint a picture to you real quick. So now listen, again, sometimes you have to call the demons by name. But if you don't know the the name of the demon, guess what you're going to do? Come out in Jesus' name. Well, apostle, well, they could, uh, the demons can hurt us. Well, how, how do I know they subject to to me? How you know what is this? Let's go to Luke ten and seventeen. We're gonna go back over here. And we're gonna finish in verse thirty nine. Let's go to Luke ten and seventeen. I want to read this to you. I want to read this to you. Go over there to Luke. Luke ten and seventeen. All right. I know it's a lot here. Luke 10 and 17, and I'm going to explain to you what subject means. It's going to blow your mind, but I'm going to explain it to you, to subject. All right, let's go. Let's get over here. Let me get over here. Let me get over here. Luke 10 and 17, ask yourself, what are you afraid of? Luke 10 and 17, some are afraid. They're afraid of the enemy. But guess what? He's just as afraid as afraid of you. And he don't want you to exercise the authority that you have through Christ. He doesn't want you to uh, exercise it. Okay. Listen. Listen to me closely. In Luke 10 and 17, it says, listen. In 17, it says, he sends them out, the 70. They return with joy, said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Are they subject to you in in your name? No, they are subject to Jesus. That word, subject, let's look at what this word means. I'm looking at uh, American Heritage Dictionary. Look what it says. Uh, Listen, under the power of, or authority of another. 
Let it sink in. It means dependent on another. Are y'all there? One who is under the rule of another and one who owes allegiance to the government or ruler. And the government rests on its shoulder. And of course, Jesus is the ruler. They're subject to you. They're subject to the authority that you have in Christ. Some would say, well, apostle, the demons will hurt us. Well, let's look at verse 19. In verse 18, he says he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Look at verse 19. He said, behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions. What do you think these are? Evil spirits. And over all the power of the enemy. Did he say some of the power of the enemy? The Bible says over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by, shall by any means hurt you. When I tell these people this, listen, that there will be backlash, there will be retaliation, it's a lie. The word says that nothing they should do to you. Some translation says that they cannot injure you. They won't injure you. Are y'all looking at that? And he's giving you power and authority over what? Oh, it says, oh, let me read it to you again. Let it sink in. Behold, I give you the authority that's authorized to do something. Remember, I read to you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Y'all see that? Oh, the devil can hurt me. The devil can beat me up. The devil can attack me. If I cast him out, he's going to come back in a... The Bible says he won't hurt you. Y'all see that? And why would he tell us in Matthew 16 and 19 that whatever we bind here on earth should be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose here on earth should be loosed in heaven? And if all power, according to Matthew 28, I believe 18, if all power is in his hands, what are you afraid of? All power is in his hands in the heavens and in the earth. And if you're sitting, seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places, you operate from that place of authority. Why, he, why would he give you authority if he didn't want you to do anything? Why, why would authority be given? I'm going to give a quick example of a police officer. If you are a police officer... And you'll never exercise the authority that you be given from the state. Your boss is going to come, a supervisor, and say, why don't you arrest anybody? You ever wrote any ticket? Are you a police officer? Many believers, we have to question whether they're a believer. They've been washed in the blood. That's the suit of the police officer. When people see that suit, they recognize it. When the devil sees the believer, they're blood washed, they're forgiven. He recognize it. They have a belt on with all their weapons. You have the belt of truth. They wear, they wear a bulletproof vest, but you have the blessed prey of righteousness. If they ride a motorcycle, 
They have a hat, but they have a special hat that they walk around so that if something falls on them the way that hat is made, they wear that. If they walk around and patrol it, it won't hurt them because of the way that hat is made. But you have the helmet of salvation to protect your mind. You have the breastplate of righteousness. You have the belt of truth. They even wear specialized shoes in case they have to run and chase the devil down. But you have the beautiful feet of the gospel, the gospel shoes of peace. But they have a specialized shoes that even if they have to fight, some of them, the way they made, they give them, uh, where they in dirt on carpet, it gives them, uh, they dig in for them. So they, they won't be moved. They have a good stance. You have the gospel shoes of peace. You need to dig in and fight the enemy. But I would have to question if you're a police officer or not. It's time for some of you to uh, to write a ticket to the enemy and say, look, you're speedy, you're breaking the law. I'm a believer. I'm not taking this from you anymore. And some of you need to throw the devil up against the wall and pat him down and read him his right and say, I'm binding you, and I'm going to cast you out. Now let me handcuff you and tell the devil he has a right to remain silent, and anything he say or do will be held. Hello? Are y'all there? Some of you need to arrest me. Hallelujah. You need to arrest him. In conclusion, as we prepare to close, I know I've shared a lot with you today. In Philippians chapter 2 and 12, I want y'all to go over there with me and let's look at this. But let me read Luke chapter 9 to you in verse 1 and 2 quickly. It says, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Y'all see this? Let that sink in. So listen, you shouldn't be preaching if you ain't casting out demons. How do you preach and not cast out demons? How? Let's let it sink in. I don't expect you to answer it. Whenever Jesus was preaching, after he preached, he cast out demons. Even as we look at Acts uh, chapter 8, and uh, verses 3 through 5. Y'all go look at those. Acts chapter 8, 3 through 5. Go look at them. Y'all go look at that. Let me get back over here to Mark. Go look at that. And when Philip comes on the scene, and after he preaches the word of God to them, they start manifesting. Demons start manifesting. After he preached to them. So what are you going to do? Leave the people the way they are? You're going to leave them like that? That's happening too much today. And they're becoming casualties. Let's read verse 38. It says, but he said to them, let us go into, I'm in Mark chapter 138. In the next towns that I preach, there also, because for this purpose, I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all of Galilee and casting out demons. Y'all see that? Let it sink in. Philippians chapter 2 and 12. I want to talk about that because some say, well, apostle, it, why, why you keep saying uh, deliverance is part of salvation? Okay. 
Y'all might ask that question. Hopefully I answered some of your questions by what I shared today. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. I want y'all to go over there and look at this real quick. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Philippians. All my pages are sticking together. I'm fine, you say. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'm going to say it. Anyway, Philippians chapter 2 and and verse 12. Yeah, it's trying to hide from me. Philippians 2 and verse 12. Paul is, is talking in this particular text about salvation, but listen to me closely. In verse 12, it says, therefore, now he is challenging them to be light bearers, okay? But he says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to do, to, to will and to do for his good pleasure. All right, let me share with you what that means. The Greek word, this word salvation in here, listen to me closely. There's two um, references I want y'all to look at in the Greek. Greek uh, in the Strong's Concordance, 4991 and 4982. And I want y'all to remember these words, soteria and sozo. That is what this word means in this text, okay? Sozo and soteria. I'm sorry, Apostle. Can you repeat that again in the Concordance? Yes, the concordance uh, is forty nine ninety one and forty nine eighty two. Amen. All Thank right? you. Thank you. All right. Now listen to me closely. Now this word salvation means soter- soteria or sozo. Listen to me closely. Soteria means deliverance. Hello. But now, wait a minute. Paul says, work your salvation out with fear and trembling. Hold on a minute. It means deliverance. It means to rescue, which is another word for deliverance. Okay? It means to rescue. I'm against Sister Michelle. Amen. It means preservation and safety. This is what the deliverance does. And preservation. It preserves you. Now, sozo means, listen to me closely, to save, to deliver, to protect, being made whole, health, and prosperity. Sozo means deliver, protect, make you whole. This is what this word means. Health, prosperity, and deliverance from the molestation of enemies. All right? Soteria, deliverance, presentation, preservation, safety, the rescue, sozo, save, deliver, protect, make whole, health. So sometimes when a person... What a person needs when there's an evil spirit manifested is deliverance. 
Just go and read Matthew 8 and 15 through 17. The Bible says he casts out spirits with his word. This is Jesus made in the flesh. Jesus, he casts out spirits with what? The word. And that he bore the cross for every infirmity, sickness, and disease. So sometimes the person needs deliverance from demons so that the healing will manifest. Okay? Why y'all there? So what I'm saying to you today, as I prepare to turn it back over to Sister Dion, for questions and answers, I know we had you on here a while. But hopefully, you have a boldness and confidence to embrace and do this ministry. It's not a new doctrine. It's not a new ministry. The religious spirits, the scribes and Pharisees, uh, I call them the, the, the fair you see and the sad you see. They sad you see and they fair you see and they religious and they refuse to embrace the kingdom. And authority is never given unless it's to be exercised. Your authority as a believer must be exercised. Because the devil hates when you exercise the God-given authority. Remember, we fight not just for the victory, but from the victory, from the power of the cross, the shed blood, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. That's why we fight. That's why we do the deliverance. That's why we do healing. That's why we believe in these very things that Jesus did. And if he said greater works we should do than he did because he goes unto the Father, then guess what? Get to work. Who else is going to do it? Is he coming from heaven to do it? No. He's expecting you and I to do this ministry. Amen? So God bless all of you. Thank you so much for your time. Let me turn it back over to Sister Dion. Amen, amen, and amen again. Apostle, we are blessed beyond measure, grateful for the wisdom, grateful for the experience, grateful for the knowledge and the information, um, my prayer is and always will be that the people of God be equipped to go back into their local ministries empowered, strengthened in their faith, but more importantly, um, competent in their operations with full competency via the word, not our opinions. And so we honor you this morning. I thank God for you and the sacrifice of showing up. Um, my prayer is that everyone that has been listening um, would recognize that, number one, things have shifted for this entire body of people, that God is doing something very different. You are being equipped to transform lives with a gift that has been on the shelf forever, for the ages. <laughs> and, and I pray that you would pick up this mantle Understand that it's not spooky spiritual, but it is a standard practice in kingdomdom that you would begin to operate with passion and compassion, that you would begin to get trained and equipped even further.
to do the ministry of this work of deliverance. And so I want to make sure that we have the necessary information to sow into the man of God. And let me preface it with this. Um, of course, Declare Victory is going to do what Declare Victory is going to do. But for each of you that know without a shadow of a doubt that you heard something that you may not have heard before, that you are made aware, um, even the more that it is not just for pastors and evangelists and preachers, but standard. It is the, the standard mantle for believers all over the nation to operate from a place of deliverance. Freedom um, is, is offered to all of us through this um, awareness, through this education. And so I want to make sure that I um, give you apostles information so that you can so. Don't miss an opportunity. Kingdom math is not standard math. Kingdom math operates backwards. And I don't care if it's $5, $50, $5,000. I would not miss an opportunity to sow into this vessel. Um, There's a level of honor that comes with it. And more than that, a level of impartation that happens when we honor the principles of honoring the man of God. And so let me give you all his information. You can also, you'll be able to go to the website. I'll post it on there today. Um, I'll also post his his giving information as well as um, on the Declare Victory fan page, but you'll also be able to find it on my page underneath his uh, information. So you'll see his, uh, the flyer. And if you want to look in the comments or the memos on Facebook, you'll be able to find his giving information there as well. Um, Natasha, probably because you have it more hand. Oh, no, wait, here it is. So it's um, Cash App is dollar sign T-O-T-M-H-M-I. Let me repeat that. Dollar sign T-O-T-M-H-M-I. M I. He also has um, PayPal, and his PayPal is A P Kevin B at PayPal.me. A P Kevin B at PayPal.me. Um, and like I said, he has TouchpointMinistries.org. Um, I'm sorry. Touch of the Master HMI.org. But again, all of this will be in the Victory Room on the Declare Victory um, fan page on Facebook, as well as underneath the flyer on my personal page. My personal page is Dion Jackson, D I O N N E Jackson. Um, real quick, um, just because I know that the hour is late. Um, I'm not going to do what we normally do, which is our second greeting. What I want to do um, while there is still a little bit of time left with Apostle at this time is extremely valuable. Um, I want to make sure that if anybody has any questions, comments, or commentary um, while we have Apostle's time, if you would like to ask, I'm going to open the floor first um, to honor our men. It's Men's Day. Are there any men that want to say good morning to Apostle, have a question, comment, or commentary for Apostle? 
<clears throat> good morning. Good morning, uh, Apostles uh, Elder Eric. Um, just want to say God bless. Good morning, sir. God bless you. Amen. Any additional men? Bless you. Bless you, Apostle. This answer doesn't give. Um, I truly did enjoy it. Like, I enjoy your teaching. Like, it's always on point. It's always on time. And plus, it's always balanced. So I just enjoy it. Like, it was just amazing. I could listen for, like, five more hours. <laughs> like, because it was just so, it was so much meat to eat. And, it, and, like, and, and, like, it was just needed. It was just needed. And I just enjoyed it. Thank you very, very much. Oh, praise God. I'm glad you were blessed by it. Any additional men before we move to the ladies? I know some of them have gone to work. Amen. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and open the floor um, first for any new callers that may have questions, comments, or commentary for Apostle. Any of our new callers, or maybe some someone that has never spoken before. Amen. If not, I'll ali ali oxen for it. Anyone that has any questions, comments, or commentary for Apostle, you're welcome to speak at this time. Good morning, Apostle. Okay, I heard Ms. two B. voices. Who yes. was that and who was that? Good morning. Hey, okay, go in that order. Go ahead. Ms. B, go ahead. Um, Apostle, I am just in awe. Um, a lot of this is new for me. I've got six pages of notes. Thank you. Thank you okay. for the knowledge that you're giving us. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Uh, good morning, Apostle Bailey. Um, this is Rochelle. I just want to say thank you for gracing us with your time and your teaching. Absolutely amazing. What a way to close out the week. I don't know if you listened, but you summed up the whole week from each declare and to God be the glory how the Holy Spirit works in sequence. So I thank God for your time. I thank you. And I thank you that we don't have to be bound. Uh, not another day. So much teaching. So God bless you, man of God. Oh, no. Praise God for that. Amen. No, you don't have to be bound. Man, anybody else? Questions, comments, commentary? Yes, Apostle Pierre. How do no, you no. deal with Apostle, Apostle Kevin Bailey? That's not Apostle Pierre. Apostle, thank you. Sorry, Pastor Dion. How do you deal with um, falling asleep all the time when you hear the word? Okay, and so that is a great question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, remember, I talked about those uh, eight ways that Satan uh, hinders us. Now, yes. listen to me closely. 
Uh, this is a slumbering spirit, but within the Latin or Greek, it means inertia. This is a spirit that tries to, when you go to look at truth, it puts you to sleep, uh, but it's an inertia spirit. It's what it is. And it puts you to sleep and it's connected with the Antichrist spirit. It does not want you to receive truth. So guess what? So the lethargy yes. and summer, you just renounce it. Renounce it. Cancel it. And if there's any uh, doors that are open that's bringing that about, then shut them. You shut them. In a realm of the spirit, you shut them, and then you pray and tell it to leave, to get out. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And you can't. Let me share this real quick. You can Wait, hold on, hold on two seconds, Apostle. Hold, hold on okay. two seconds. For those that are, if you're driving in your car, you can at, mute your phone right after you ask your question, just so we can protect the continuity of the call, please, and thank you. Go ahead, Apostle. I'm sorry. Okay, now listen. You can do self-deliverance, okay, but if it is not effective, then you go and get help. Even myself, if I do self-deliverance and it's not effective, I go and get help. I go to friends and people uh, still, even in all the years I've been doing it, to get help. This is serious because you got to be able to take in truth because most of the time, if you don't read the word, you're not going to worship. You're not going to meditate on it. You're not going to worship. You're not going to pray. And you're going to struggle having fa uh, with fasting. So it's very important to read scripture daily and to pray daily. All right, listen, everybody, according to Psalms 55, 17 through 19, you should be praying in the morning, afternoon, and evening. The key to being effective in deliverance ministry is a life of prayer, fasting, and self-control and discipline. Those are keys in deliverance ministry. Fasting, reading scripture daily, Praying daily and discipline, those four, they must be embraced and adhered to daily. All right? That gets you started. All right. Uh, go ahead, Sister Dion. And then anybody else? Questions, comments, commentary? Good morning, Apostle Kevin Bailey. My name is Christina Joy. I want to first and foremost thank you for your pouring to all of us this morning um, and just for sharing and imparting upon us the wisdom we have regarding deliverance. Uh, with that being said, I wanted to ask you a question about a story in the Bible uh, regarding deliverance that I just wanted to get more of your um, understanding on, and that was the sons of Sceva. I know with Jesus and his disciples, there were demons that he said they couldn't cast out because some only come out through prayer and fasting, but with the sons of Sceva, and they went to cast out demons. Uh, the demons said, Jesus, I know Paul, I know Paul. Um, and that, for me, was challenging because Jesus has said that some people will come and say, Lord, I cast out demons in your name, and he'll say, get away from me, I know you're not. So if we have the authority to cast out demons, um, in the name of Jesus, and they were doing this. Why was it that um, the demon was able to overtake and attack them? Um, because is it is there? Because some people will say there's a ranking when it comes to deliverance, and, there, and you have to have a certain authority 
But if God has given us, granted us authority from the moment we were saved, um, what is your take on why they could not cast those demons out? Uh-oh, Apostle, if you're talking, we can't hear you. I'm sorry, I had put my phone on uh, mute. All right, so remember that these these were exorcists, but not necessarily uh, believers. That's number one, okay? Uh, I, I couldn't, I have been looking at that text. I was looking at that, but I didn't dive in like I wanted to uh, earlier this year because, I, and that is a, uh, a great question. Uh, I'm trying to, let me look at it, uh, to find it. Because um, some have looked at that text and misconstrued it. And they have said, they have said, I'm sorry, they have said uh, that, hey, uh, not every believer can do the ministry or these were believers, I was trying to find, but I believe that they were from Trojas or, or from uh, Tarsus. Uh, and many a times, many a time. okay, uh, the phone is echoing. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody needs to mute their phone for whoever needs to call their, their phone on speaker. Yeah. Go ahead, Apostle. Okay. And so the real question is, uh, some use that scripture uh, to make believers afraid of doing the ministry. They use that very scripture. Now listen, remember, they were the chief priests from that uh, the synagogue there. But it, so they were Jewish chief priests, okay? Some of them are not necessarily believers. And the question I have for you is, uh, when you embark upon and embrace it, do you think that that's what's going to happen? Christine, I'm sure that's a question for you to respond to. Yeah, for you, Christine. I'm sorry, it cut off. I heard when you embark upon it and embrace it, and then that's all I heard after that. Yeah, do you think that that's what's going to happen? Because that word skiva means uh, disposed or prepared. These were Jewish priests. So uh, chief Jewish priests, all right, so listen, they were from the Eastern Orthodox tradition. So basically, I would say a religious regime and more or less connected with a religious spirit. But many men and women of God had have used that scripture to make believers afraid to do it. Now, and remember, the sons of Sceva, uh, listen to me closely, they were considered chief priests, but now listen, uh, they were uh, they were trying to cast the demon out by technique only. These were magicians. Are you listening to me? They were not believers. Some try to say 
that they were. These were those who were magicians, okay? They, were, they worked at the religious temple, but many of them practiced magic. Hello? <laughs> I'm listening, sir. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah. Okay. So, so mm-hmm. what they tried to do was emulate what Paul was doing, but mm. they practiced they practice magic, okay, a form of what they call Christian magic, or I would say witchcraft, all right? Remember that may, name means disposed, uh, prepared, or magic, okay? But I was looking at that because many were coming to me about it. They weren't regenerate believers, they practiced magic, although they worked in the the temple, the uh, the you know, there. Very good. Okay, and they claimed to be listen. They claimed to be exorcists, and they were trying. Now remember also. Now listen. Remember, some of them worship the goddess of Diana. Okay. And this is witchcraft. So guess what that lets us know? And so this is why I always tell people that witchcraft is not more powerful than God. Some people, even today, think that witchcraft is more powerful than God. And they try to use a source of magic. They call it a Christian magic, a source of magic, which is illegal to drive a demon out. They were emulating Paul and what what Paul and Jesus did. And so many a times, listen to me closely, like the Catholic priests. Well, they have Eastern Orthodox is similar. I would say it might be similar. I have to look at that again. I was looking at this months ago. I'm sorry, uh, Sister Crystal. Uh, But I'm going to have to look at that. I might have to teach on it. Um, uh, Anglican or uh, outlet of Catholic. Anglican, Catholic, or Lutheran. So many a times they were called a Catholic priest when there was a demon. You know, this ain't Poltergeist or Carrie. I would say that they were operating in a familiar spirit hmm. and trying to get this demon to leave. And it's associated with witchcraft. And hmm. if you're worshiping uh, Diana and the different gods there, What's that tell you? They were only trying to emulate and copy what Paul was doing. But they didn't have the grace and authority that comes with the believer. Paul the apostle was casting out demons. Mm -hmm. He did deliver his ministry. Yeah, so, so, but many in the church, they use that to say, oh, well, he doesn't know me. Well, are you a Christian witch or warlock? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll go to people, and what they do or say be the truth, but it's from an illegal realm. You know how I know? Because they come to me for deliverance. Amen. Uh-huh. Facts. Uh-huh. <laughs> they come to me and my yeah. team for yeah. deliverance. Yeah. Oh, it didn't they leave. Oh, Apostle, yeah. they told me this. They told me that. Uh, okay, was it true? Yeah, but I said, no, it wasn't. It was a lie, and it's from an illegal source. 
You know those witch doctors can tell you stuff that's the truth? Some of them would give money to get a curse off of them and all this old foolishness. But you call yourself a believer. And the the real sad part, Sister Crystal, as I'm talking to everybody, is that people are leaving the body of Christ at an all-time high because it's powerless. Not because they won't embrace the deliverance, but there's no real power there. There's nobody with a boldness and confidence that will exercise their authority from the victory that has been won. What about the shed blood? You think this witch is more powerful? Does this witch is more powerful than this shed blood? Is he more powerful? Listen, Christianity is the only religion that has a resurrection. Do you think one of these witches can resurrect? No, they are astral project. Right. And it's illegal. If you pray and cut the cords, guess what? They're going to fall out and die. You know how I know? Because this is what happened in Africa. They flew over one time. And I was with one of my friends, an apostle, King Gay. And I began to pray and cut the cords. Guess what? They fell down. It was two women. They had turned into birds. And they they were cussing, yelling, mad and angry. And they were flying over in an open crusade. So I don't care if they ask for project. No witchcraft is more powerful than God. You didn't resurrect, so you don't have no power. Did no, did no pure, sinless blood come from you? You, you didn't die. You weren't, you didn't, you weren't buried, and you weren't resurrected. All those witches and warlocks are still in the grave, Sister Crystal. Let that sink in. And it's still in the grave. <laughs> yes, it's Christina. Yeah. Oh, Christina. Very okay. <laughs> Thank you. Very Thank good. you, sir. Very. You answered my question. You can't emulate it, number one, and like Simon the Sorcerer, you can't purchase what God gives the believer. All right. Thank you. That's right. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anybody else? Anybody good morning. Good morning. I heard this, two this, people. This is Mary. Mary and who else? Beloved Barb's. Okay, go in that order. Mary and Barb. Good morning, Apostle. I I was wanting to get the get the name of the authors of the book Evicting Demonic Intruders. I know you said it was Phil P H Y L, and I didn't get the other. Oh, person okay, in sure, sure, no problem. Make sure you buy my book too. Okay. I will. All right. <laughs> Let me give it to you. It's Noel. It's N O E L and Phil Gibson. It's very old. It may even be hard to find. And Phil is spelled P H Y L Gibson, G I B S O N. It's a very good book when you're just coming in to deliver it. He answers a lot of these questions that we may have. Derek Prince has good stuff out there, but Noel and Phil were in Australia. Uh, It's a different realm, and they used to be in Paris. Uh, They'll share some of it about where it's just so much witchcraft, uh, too. And the people will say that American people need deliverance. But like I told you, like I said, the witchcraft in the U.S. is the worst I've ever seen, mainly in California and New York. Okay. And can you give me the name of your book, sir? It's Rediscovering Spiritual Warfare. Okay. Yeah, I wrote that down. Thank you. Yeah. It's $12. If you want a signed copy, you can go to the website, 
We'll send you a signed copy. And other than that, you can go to Amazon to pick it up. Amen. And his website information is on Declare Victory. It is also on my personal page as well as the Victory Room. It's already listed there. Okay. Thank you. God bless you, sir. Yes, God bless you. Very good, beloved. Good morning. Thank you so much for your declaration. I'm enjoying it. I'm being enlightened. Um, This takes me back to a place nearly a decade ago when I hear you talking about casting out demons. And I was, at that time, I really felt like I was really, really strong in my faith, really strong, went in, prayed for this woman who had cancer, and I just knew that my laying of the hands was going to work, and it didn't. And I know we all got to go, but she was a young woman, and I was really, you know, praying that that was going to turn around for her. And it didn't, and it was really a gut shot to my spirit. So I feel weakened. What would you tell somebody who has been well, through Well, what, what like I would that? say, okay, that's a great question. That's a great question. Listen to me closely. It's hard to pray for somebody when they, have, when they are tired and made up their mind that they're ready to go. Because they're at the place where there's no faith. Faith is the only thing that God responds to. It's not even an issue of your faith. But when they have given up and they're just ready to go, they may not tell you that. They'll just say the things that a believer will say. But Mm. in real reality, they're ready to go. They're tired. They've had enough. They're tired of being sick. Uh, Sometimes when people are prayed for, the healing doesn't manifest because they're skeptical. There's unbelief there. There's doubt there. Now, we have seen many healed of cancer, many healed of Lyme's disease. There's no, nothing that will kill that or cure that. Lyme's disease, AIDS, uh, various things within our ministry. After prayer, the T cells became normal. So it's not so much an issue uh, with you, but if if I would say when you pray for the sick, you need to focus on Jesus, not the situation. There's an example. Jesus brought Peter and James in there when he went to pray for Jairus' daughter. He put everybody else out because you know why? They were just feeling sorry for her. Mm-hmm. They wasn't going to stand and believe and pray. No, he brought the two sons of thunder in there and said, "Okay, I'm going to pray now." He put everybody else out, and she got up. Peter, the apostle, and James, when they died, their knees—you could almost see the cartilage because they were on their knees so much in prayer. Their knees were bad for praying so much. Jesus brought them in. Yeah, although they uh, turned them upside down and cut their heads off. Yeah. So don't be saying that you want to be an apostle. Don't say you want to be an apostle or a prophet uh, either because be ready to die. (laughs) Yes, I I hear you. You go first. You You go first. (laughs) 
I didn't even think about, you know, how their All face of them going. I wanted to put it on, on me, but it, yeah, it has to be part with them as well. And that's sometimes, what I really yes. engaged in. Sometimes they're just ready to go, my sister. Yes. Sometimes, and they may not tell you that, but they're yeah. ready to go. Yeah, they're tired. They're, they're ready to go. They don't think there's no other hope. And a lot of times when they trust in the science more than God, you're going to have problems. But to me, when they have said there's nothing else that they can do, it's time for Jesus. It's time for him. I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to pray and lay my hands on him, and God's going to do the rest. Amen. So, So don't run away because of that. Do you know how many that uh, we did, uh, we've done deliverance on, and uh, they went back to what they was doing and didn't tell us, and they said it wasn't effective, it doesn't work, it's a lie. There's something else that's going on. Or they say, well, uh, I didn't get anything. It doesn't necessarily mean there's a problem with you and your ministry or with you praying for them. Thank you so much. That was very helpful to me. I appreciate it. As you. a believer, you must lay hands on the sick and pray for them. Listen, Mark 6, 12, and 13 says, uh, preach the gospel to people everywhere. But then it says, anoint with all, heal the sick, anoint with all, heal the sick, and cast out demons. That's our responsibility as a believer. In Mark 6 and 13. Amen. When you have done what you should do, it's up to the Lord. Amen. Go ahead, Didi. Hi, Apostle. Thank you. This is Didi. I wanted to just tell you thank you for this morning, um, all this morning, man. I, too, understand warfare and um, deliverance. I am from a very uh, teaching ministry. But when you were talking about laying hands and casting out, so grateful that I believe now because in 95 when I had a near-death experience, an elder came to the hospital. I was in ICU. I had flatlined. It's a long story. But she she laid hands on me, um, on and the oil from her hands caused an infection that could have killed me. I'm only sharing this to say that even in that, hallelujah, I did not go the other way and start doubting. And you know what I mean? When you said it doesn't mm-hmm. matter about any of that. And you mm-hmm. said something so key. I'm 55 now. My daughter is 28. Had the enemy had his way, I wouldn't be here. But I remember the doctor saying that I was under something else. They they had deemed it done. But he said I was under something else that they couldn't even understand. So when you said that, that they gave up, hallelujah. But, the, but God knew. And I'm here today in my right mind. I got a lot of other issues, but deliverance is so necessary. So I thank you for saying that because it's not, there are so many pastors that preach against it. I'm I'm, I'm like, there's people to think I'm yeah. cuckoo because I believe. I believe. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't talk about what mm-hmm. I, I know what I know. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for this teaching. Oh my God. And you're right. How are you preaching and not casting out demons? The, the mm-hmm. demons don't care about denominations. So I'm so grateful that you showed up for yeah. us this morning, man of God. Oh, Amen. God, I'm going to order your book right now. 
Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Yes. Amen. Amen. So, Anybody you know, listen, else? You know, we oh, have to I'm keep sorry. this thing. Sister uh, Dion, yeah, I'm sorry, but we have to keep this thing uh, simple. We have to keep it simple. You have to operate in this. This is what has been given us. Even with praying with the sick, when you go to James chapter 5 and 14 to 16, it said, call the elders of the church, of the church, anoint with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered by what? Faith will make the sick person well. This is in John, James chapter 5, 14 through 16. Once you have done that, the rest is up to the Lord. You pray the prayer of faith, believing. And so many a times, I'll give you an instance. Uh, my cousin had had a stroke, about to go, and God bless her faster. But I had, I put him out. He started praying for the to comfort the kids, help the kids, and if it be your will. You never pray a prayer like that. It is his will. It's what he told us to do. I said, ah, stop, leave. Well, who do you think you are? Said, this is my cousin. Get out. You don't come in here and pray a prayer like that. Me and my other cousin prayed. She was out of the hospital in two days, no medication, and she's still alive. And she doesn't take any medication. I'm sorry, Pastor. Can you repeat that last part about how your cousin prayed? I didn't hear that. Yeah, my cousin and myself, he was in there with me to pray. We put everybody out, me and him was in there, and we prayed. After prayer, within 48 hours, she was out of the hospital. They were saying, we don't understand what happened. We shouldn't be letting you go. You need to be here a week or two. You need rehab. You need to. She went home, rested and was headed to work that third day. I no heard medication. that part. Thank you. But but you said your cousin prayed some way that was not. No, the pastor. Her pastor okay. came and said, okay. if it be your will, Lord, heal okay. Sharon. Her name was Sharon. And comfort the children. Uh, if you take her with you and all this foolishness. And I went in and said, hey, buddy, I tapped him and said, okay, enough, leave. He said, you don't tell me this is my man. I said, it's my cousin, get out. And I anointed her with all, prayed for her, and she's here today. No medication. She's probably 60-something now. No medication. This happened 10 years ago. No other problems. Complete health. So yes. thank you for that. So effectively what you're saying that when we're uh we, we pray in faith, we depend upon faith, we believe in faith that God hears us and moves by our faith. Um and we shouldn't say stuff like, you know, what we hear, it could be thy will. So I understand that. No, you don't uh, play no prayer like that. It is his will. It is his will. That's why you have first okay. John five and thirteen and fourteen. He says when he pray when we pray what? Go just look at it. He hears us, really? <laughs> so why would you pray that if it's your will? Why would you pray a prayer like that? I'm going to declare what the word of God say. The rest is up to God. 
period. He was mad at me. He's still mad. You know, I told him that my aunt died two years ago. She could be raised from the dead. Who, how many will believe it? She was a believer. But when we did the one for my cousin, they said, oh, he's a devil. You can't live with live for the devil all your life. And then, well, you know, Barabbas, he repented. But you think I'm going to say he's in heaven? I don't know. But what I do know is that you can't live for the devil all your life and at the last minute. Well, is that fair to all of us? We live and try to do the right thing. But I guess when you look at the story of Barabbas, I guess so. But I said, hey, I ain't going to sit up here and preach he's in heaven. That wasn't too popular. But I'm God's apostle, not theirs. And I only obey him. I've suffered. I've been put in prison in different parts of the world. Listen, yeah, say you want to be an apostle is all I would say. The devil will be deceived. Right. Say you want to be a prophet, he'll be deceived to see if you are. All right? There's suffering that comes with it. You could be cute by title, but you have to function as one. It's not something that you could be cute with. It ain't a cute job. Listen, if it was up to me, I would run and say, forget it. I don't want to do it. And I ran for a year and a half. Before I yielded. Preach. <laughs> I ran. I said, no. I remember they prophesied over me. Well, they're going to put you in prison. You, you're going to get in trouble. But I said, oh, devil, you lie. Well, the, uh, the, the ministry of Paul, I said, oh, no. Hey, sir, you got the wrong person. I ain't no ministry. I took off. I said, oh, no, not me. You put me in no jail nowhere. Yeah, go, go to Kuala Lumpur. Uh huh. In Malaysia and in Azerbaijan, right on the province of Asia. Over what's written in the Bible. They didn't want that Bible in there. Very so good. say all you want. And it's a cave with a set of bars, and you get bread <laughs> and nasty water for every meal. And you sitting on a brick. I remember going to the embassy. I'll put this in some books at some point. I was filthy dirty. I told Elder T, I think she's on here, filthy dirty in flip-flops and a T-shirt. Filthy dirty. So, yeah, go ahead and say that you will. You, it ain't a position you can want to be in. God calls all his apostles and prophets. It's not nothing you can want to be. It's not an occupation. It's a vocation. Amen. That's a whole nother teaching. Go ahead, Sister Dion. <laughs> well, I I just all I can at least you only ran for a year and a half. <laughs> that's all, that's all I can say. Um, nevertheless, um, I'll give opportunity for one last question or comment, and then we're gonna go ahead and release the line, and I'll give final words. To Apostle, anybody else have questions, comments, commentary before we close? Good morning, Danielle. I wanted oh. hold, on, hold on two seconds. I heard Danielle and I heard one more person. Pamela, it was Lisa. Well, go ahead. That's fine. Never mind. Okay. No, no, no. You don't have to say never mind. Uh, <laughs> Pamela and Lisa. So go Danielle, then Pamela, then Lisa, and then we'll hand it to Apostle. Go ahead. First, giving honor to God. Thank you, Dion. Thank you, Apostle, for your deliverance. Also, uh, Pastor Phil, for your referencing um, and your prayer. 
I have been under attack, and I know why. I've been disobedient, and I thank you. I thank you. It was great, great, wonderful word. Praise God. Well, God bless you, and get free. That part. Thank you so much. Amen. Go ahead, Pam. Thank you so much, Apostle Kevin. Um, I was so blessed by your ministry today. And, um, you know, God has just really um, shown me so much as you were speaking um, because I am caring for my mom. And, you know, there are several people that are coming in and out of our house for physical therapy, for nurses, and um, you know, touching my mother, and I've noticed her, um, you know, disposition changes um, quite often throughout the day. And, you know, listening to you has just really opened my eyes to, um, you know, just how to really care for her and to just be, you know, praying constantly as people are coming in and out and, you know, just constantly anointing uh, the doorpost and my mom and, you know, uh, so I just thank you um, for just really enlightening me. If you have any advice or suggestions on how I should carry forward, um, I would greatly appreciate that. God bless you. Okay. Well, praise God. God bless you too. And thank you for those kind and generous words that you shared. the main thing, my sister, is that uh, love is a key. Love. Love. You know that saying, you catch more with honey than salt or vinegar? Love yes. on her. And Because what it does, it makes them pliable for the power and authority of God when you love on them. Remember I said the deliverance is a miracle ministry Outside of salvation, deliverance and healing are the greatest miracles uh, that anyone can receive from the kingdom. It's a compassionate, it's a ministry of compassion. Let me share this with everybody. If you don't like people, do not try to do deliverance ministry. Because when they come to you, they're going to come to you full of demons. And you got to have that grace and that compassion and that love. They're going to be bitter. They're going to be stubborn. Uh, They're going to uh, uh, probably irritate you. The comp- <laughs> I'm sorry, but the component of love is what needs to be operating in you. That causes them to yield and to avail themselves to you and to open up. Just love on them. It doesn't stop you from praying, going to war. Uh, 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 you know, battling, keep on. Yeah, keep on. You know, persistence beats resistance. I talk about that in my book with spiritual warfare. And you don't always have to battle. Remember, we fight from, I'm working on volume two, but we fight from the victory that was won at the cross, not just to get the victory. All right? Did y'all hear that? How long have you been saying that? Amen. <laughs> We fight God from victory, not for it. <laughs> right. Lisa, go ahead. 
That that's the thing for me, it's on position that is already done. Thank you so much for just standing flat footed for two hours just about and just giving a straight word and just straight just dispelling the myths and taking the fear out of it and getting rid of some of that stuff. It's like mythbusters and just being able for you said it wasn't like like spooky spiritual, it was just plain word. And for those of us that love the word and believe the word it was just so good. Thank you. I'm going to get your book for sure. I, I just have an answer to your question. Why do people pray or why did, did I used to pray and say, if it be your will? It was almost as if because we know people die, right? And we don't know when it's their time to go because there's a point where death. And I'm making an excuse so that I can let God off the hook. Mm. You know, I was doing that. That's what I was doing. I was trying to not make mm-hmm. God look bad and save face for me when I was laying hands, like, you know, and that way it was a way out. But once I learned, it's not up to me. It's really about me just doing what I've been told to do according to the word, and the rest is up to him. The healing the rest is not is up in to me. Him. It's him working through me by his spirit, his power. My, my part is to do the work and believe by faith. I have to keep telling myself that, that it's not about me because I'm not healing nobody. He's just using me as a vessel. So thank you so much. I just wanted to give you an answer for why I used to say, if it be your will, because I didn't want to make him look like he can't do it, but it wasn't. Right. It's not that. Right. Right? <laughs> I have to be honest right? with you. It's associated yeah. with unbelief and doubt. It, it, yes, it was me. Yeah. Yeah, me, like something in me saying, just in case you don't, God, I'm giving out for me too. So that, yeah. like, oh, it was God's will. It wasn't on me, right? Take myself He's out of it. He's all powerful. Too, right? And if you're, when, yes, when you're crazy yeah. enough to believe him, you will see things change. Yeah. When you believe what that word says and you do it, oh, you're going to see things happen. Other than that, yeah. I will tell you this, and I, I've said this to many people, then what we have. Uh, this word is not sacred. Remember, these are love letters to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are intent. The, the that's why it's the New and Old Testament. You know why? Because when a person dies, then it has to be enforced, and that's what a testament is. Yeah. You have to carry out their wishes, and so when we read the Word of God in the New and Old Testament, a testament. It is carried out after the person dies. Jesus has died, but he's still alive in us and our hearts through the Holy Spirit. But you have to carry out what he did, his instructions. They're love letters to us. Amen. So it's your responsibility, everybody that's on here. It's your responsibility. Some of you may know you may be struggling, but it's your responsibility. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. As a believer, <laughs> to pray believing. Mm-hmm. Leave the rest up to God. <laughs> Leave the rest up to Yeah, it's up to Him. Don't let the enemy try to make you be God or be in His place. Don't 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 let the enemy make you do that. Don't try. It's up to Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, the hour is well spent. I believe that we've been blessed and nurtured beyond measure. 
um, grateful, again, humbled, appreciative, thankful, every positive adjective you could ever imagine. Um, I thank God for the gift of your heart for kingdom, uh, for freedom, and for um, God's people, Apostle. We appreciate you more than I have words to demonstrate. I want to reiterate um, his cash app. Um, don't ever consider your mm -hmm. gift or your giving um, slighted. It is um, a means of, for real, uh, the, the Bible says that the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. I believe that apostle is a blessing of the Lord for us. And I just want to reiterate his cash app. It is T-O-T-M-H-M-I. Um, no gift is too small. Um, but always know that good ground always yields amazing fruit and oftentimes in excess. Um, I would absolutely suggest um, that that whoever has a heart put on your mind to do so, to sow into the man of God. And like I said, declare victory is going to do what we're going to do. But I just wanted to extend that invite to you. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. Can y'all hear that alarm? I don't know if y'all, okay, it went off. Um, yeah, I heard is, it. I heard it. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, yes, I, wanna, I heard it. Okay. I want to hand it back to you, Apostle, to go ahead and close us out and uh, just, just share a word of prayer, and then we will release okay. the topic. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Uh uh, again, God bless all of you. Thank you for your time today. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the authority and power of your word and your word being made flesh in Jesus and that you have ministered to the hearts and the mind and the spirit of your people in Jesus' name. And I thank you and bless you and praise you for all that you said and spoke through my lips in Jesus' name and from my heart. I pray that it bless your people, strengthen your people, bring breakthrough and deliverance in Jesus' name, and that this knowledge in Jesus' name uh, will become a part of their arsenal and they will arise and fight in Jesus' name. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fears him, who fear him and delivers them. Let the angel of the Lord encamp around you in Jesus' name and receive your deliverance, receive your breakthrough, whatever it is, receive it, and change. Be open to change. Be desperate for change. And, Lord, we give you praise for what you have done and what you have spoken. I pray you bless your people. Strengthen them for the journey. I rebuke sickness, infirmity, and demonic entities that have plagued them, even up until now. I declare that you break chains, break chains. In the name of Jesus, a bondage in the lives of your precious people. Your desire is for them to be free. And those who know the truth shall be made free. And who the Son is set free shall be free indeed. You have set them free. So the deliverance shall be their portion. I pray that you would visit them. Even as they rest or they continue their day, visit all of your precious people because you care. In Jesus' name. And we give you praise for it now. I pray that you would break the infallible, the hard hearts, and even those that have just came to Christ that are struggling in any type of way. I pray that you will release the grace unto them and that you will be a bridge through the power of the Holy Spirit to empower them 
because the agent of the Holy Spirit is the agent of change. And we give you praise. I thank you for this great ministry and what you're doing online with Sister Deanna and all of her team. I pray uh, to Mochin's blessing, bountiful blessings. Let them come upon them in Jesus' name. I pray strength upon them, apostolic fire and prophetic power. Let it come on them. And everyone that is on this line, we give you praise. Stir every gift that you have placed within them, and we give you praise for it. It's in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 So God bless all of you. Have a good rest of the day. We know we took a lot of your time, but you will be blessed. Be blessed. I'm well. Thank you. It's worth it. Yes, and thank you for the opportunity and trusting me with the people. Thank you so much. Amen. My pleasure. Amen. All right, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful day, an excellent weekend, and we'll hear you right back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I love you, but I love you more. Have a great day, all. You too. We love you. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much.